Hello there, Star Wars fans. A little different tone uh, this week. Um, somber. A, a very somber week for um, hopefully all Americans. Um, and I understand. I understand a lot of people come to podcasts or they come to you know science fiction for an escape. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But it's also okay for creators, whether you be authors, uh, directors, producers, podcasters. It's also okay to be human. And I think a lot of the internet has forgot that and are quick to ridicule folks to stay in their lane or not have an opinion on something. You're just a Star Wars podcaster. You're just... You just direct Star Wars movies. You just stay in your lane. These people are human beings. And they need to talk about how they're feeling, just like everyone else. But I do understand. It's an escape, what we do here. It's an escape uh, going to the movie theater. It's an escape pulling up Disney+. Plus. Um, but there's also a lot that you can learn from that escape and apply it to your everyday life and the world in which we live. And that's, that's one, that's one important piece that a lot of folks miss. And yeah, it is an escape, but it's also a time for reflection. It's also a time to be calm and quiet and to self reflect. It is a story in a galaxy far, far away from a long time ago. It is, but the creator himself had a message in it a long time ago. Um, you know, Star Wars is political. It's it's conversations are going to come out of it. Obviously, I mean, with the sequel trilogy, we know it's political because everyone has opinion on it. But Star Wars is inherently political and these conversations are going to happen. But just, just remember that all art is political. There's nothing objective about a piece of art, especially Star Wars. It's all subjective. So people are going to have opinions on it and that's okay. If they want to have opinions on on uh, you know uh, on Star Wars, that's okay. If they want to have an opinion uh, on the the uh, the Capitol <laughs> insurrection, let's call it what it was, that's okay. Um, but you know, it's 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 not okay to to, to berate people, especially online, because <laughs> that's the only time it happens. Holly is when you know there's no face to talk to. There's no there's no name to live behind you're living behind a username and you're talking to people. It's, it's quick to, to berate people and, and to, to, to threaten and whatever, but it, it's it, treat everyone like a human being, you know? Um, but that's, that's, I don't really know how to process everything that happened this week, guys. I, I've been talking to my family a little bit about it. I've talked to Holly about it. I haven't got to talk to Luke much about it, but it's just a, an overwhelming sense of sadness. And I think it's things like Star Wars you can pop in and they just inherently make you feel good um, because there's just a story of hope there, no matter how dark it is, no matter how, you know, powerful that darkness is. There's there's always a way to overcome it. And sometimes it's going to take real conviction. Sometimes you're going to have to go outside your comfort zone. Sometimes you're going to have to quiet yourself to find yourself and to find reason and to find readers reason and others logic. Sometimes you have to quiet yourself. Um, 
which is a big reason why I hate social media. <laughs> I, I, I like to quiet myself. I, I don't have much of an opinion on things. When I do, it just kind of bursts out, which I'm really, really sorry that happens sometimes. But uh, I think you have opinions on things. I do. I do. I just I, I tend to like to to sit with things. And I think everyone should. Uh, and that's one of the one of the, the downfalls of social media is that people don't take time to think about what they're going to say. You know, when an in-person conversation, it would be much different. You, you would think about, you know, how is this going to affect me? How is it going to affect this other person? Um, but I'm kind of getting off topic there. But guys, hope. I mean, that's hope and conviction is going to be, I think, a big driver in this discussion because we are talking about the events of this past week um, in the United States and the Capitol building. And we're also uh, conveniently going to be talking about issue number eight of the Darth Vader mainline comic. And I think you're going to find some similarities in there. Um, and it's great. I think just talking to Holly in the kitchen about the issue really just, uh, cause I struggle with the issue. I'll be honest. I was just like, okay, what is the message here? And I just had to sit with it and I had to talk to Holly about it and, and it was great. So I think you're going to see a lot of relatable subjects here. Um, but Luke, I want to go to you. We haven't talked to you much since everything went down. Um, we've been talking about American history a little bit, Civil War, uh, World War II, World War One, things like that. Uh, Luke just taught me that uh, General Lee of the Confederate Army was reinstated as a United States citizen in 1970. I don't know how that happened. Uh, so, Luke, with all that knowledge, I mean, how are you doing? How are you handling things right now? What? How are you coping with it? Uh, are you turning to Star Wars? What's what's on your mind, my friend? Yeah, it's been a it's been a dark uh, past week. I've been troubled, um, deeply affected by everything. And I think every time you know uh, we think of of why we come to Star Wars and what it means to us, uh, you know, when there are there are dark times in your life, whether it be like in your personal life or in your community or in in your nation. <laughs> as we've seen, uh, you can, you, you take comfort in the warm blanket of something like a, a fun space adventure in star Wars. But at the same time, you can also think like about the amount of time you spend on it and wonder if something, uh, fictional, uh, is, is worth as much time as you, you spend on it. Uh, but I think in many ways it is because all stories, uh, throughout human history really have not just been frivolous entertainment yeah. for the most part there granted <laughs> there's plenty of frivolous entertainment available uh, if you need it, but so many stories and I, and I think at the root of star Wars, especially um, are, are myths and, and morals uh, moral tales that, that we can learn from when we learn from the characters and what they go through. And I always you know, at a time like this, think of the, the journey of Luke in the sequel trilogy, which I I love. The Last Jedi. I've never hit that as controversial as that can be sometimes. Uh, and I think it, it the immediate reaction to something like this that I go to is is to feel like Luke on Octu, um, despairing that how how can you move on from this darkness. Uh, there doesn't seem to be hope. Let me shut down and wall off mm. is, is an initial way to go. 
but then you you look at Luke's journey and he lets he lets hope back in. He lets the light back in and he says even though there there are flaws in the Jedi, the history of the Jedi, like there are flaws in the history of our nation. I won't be the last Jedi. There's good in the Jedi. They should continue. They will continue. It can evolve. Uh, it is the end of his journey um, in that regard. And so I have to hope the same uh, for my reality as, as we do in our Star Wars, that, that there is hope uh, for us to learn from what's come before and what's happened and find a way forward. So that's how I try to take take comfort in Star Wars, not just as a distraction, but as a guide. Yeah, that's, it's it's. I, I love what you're saying, Luke. And it, you can take history and you can learn from it, but you can also take these fantasies that we all enjoy. And, and there's a lot of hope there. And, and you, with with a combination of the two and learning from mistakes, and, and we even see, like you talked about, Luke's arc in the Last Jedi, and learning from that and building off of those experiences, and not just allowing oneself to shut down but to remember that uh you can learn from the failure that you've 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 uh you've been a part of or or that you led but you can you can also come back from that holly you and i have talked quite a bit about this and and this week has just felt almost like a violation i think of a lot of us um because we've grown up in a in a very privileged society right we our our background, you know, being white folks in America has its privileges, and also being in America itself, um, yeah, there's been threats, but you've never really witnessed it from, you know, coming from within, and and it leaves you kind of questioning things, and it it, it puts hope in question. You're like, if this is what our country's become, you know, it what what's what else is possible? How dark could it get? So we have also been reverting to these kind of conversations and remembering, you know. The, the the classic hope in Star Wars that keeps us going it keeps the, it drives a lot of our conversations here so how how are you doing uh, first of all and and how is Star Wars helping you cope with it <laughs> yeah I know that um, Michael and I took Chewie out for a walk earlier and he was like what should we talk about on the podcast tonight and I was like I just think that there are so many parallels with what's happening in our country right now that we see throughout all nine. Star Wars movies and all of the TV shows. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's something that's very important to talk about. Yeah. And then we got back and Luke had sent pretty much the same text message and yeah. was like, I think that this is something that's worth bringing up tonight. Yeah. I think like you guys have said, you know, Star Wars, it's a galaxy far, far away, but the events that take place hit very close to home. Absolutely. And I think that, just like Luke was saying, you know, there's always going to be a message of hope. And that's a theme that we've seen throughout every film, every episode of every Star Wars TV show that's come out, you know, even Rogue One, one of the darker movies still had that message of hope at the end. You know, you lose a smaller battle, but in the end, that was still a leg up. Yeah. And I just feel like it's that hope that we have to hold on to. And I know that sounds super cheesy and everyone can say that's so cheesy, but I think that that's the reality of it. Because yeah. if you do, you know, kind of fall into that despair and you can't get out of it, I mean, if you can't, if you can't help the cause and you can't help 
what's going on and you can't do the right thing, I mean, yeah. what are what are you doing? Yeah. And I just feel like if you lose that hope, then you lose the ability to kind of help yourself and help the other people around you. And I feel like it's very important to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is not something that is new for our country. I think that this is something that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people to be witnessing because they're not usually on the receiving end of it. Yeah, Like you said, Michael, I mean, we grew up in a very privileged society. I guess you could say society. We have very privileged backgrounds, especially like you said, being white. And I feel like the reason why this is so shocking for so many people is because they're not used to it being directed at white people. Yeah, And so I think that that's something that we have to deal with. And I do feel like some of the overall themes that we see in Star Wars are things that we can take away from these films. As much fiction as they may, they may be, they have, you know, there are very real repercussions and there are very real events that happen mm-hmm. in these movies and TV shows. And I feel like the feeling is still the same. Yeah. And and to be complicit in, in, in a lot of the things going on right now, no, no one's asking someone to go you know, cure COVID. No, no one's saying you, you need to go, you know, obviously there's people dedicated to that effort and that's fine, but small acts can also go a long way, you know, and, and, and let me be clear that every, every, everything that happened in Washington DC on January 6th was wrong. <laughs> you are, you're absolutely violating everything about the United States and what it means to be an American. That, that, that isn't how you handle a disagreement. That is someone who has, has given up on reason those folks have given up on reason. They've given up on others. They've given up on on hope. Let me be honest. The feeling that you know to turn to violence uh, in such a way, um, thinking that that would get a point across, and and also, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole narrative there. Um, just the delusion of, of of not seeing facts anymore is a huge. We could talk about the politics in Star Wars and, and how the the Republic got to where they were similar to what we see in our in our country right now we're not going to get into all that but but doing something um in this time and that that you know that goes for holding your representatives accountable in this pandemic reach out to some reach out to someone to make sure they're okay it really hit home for i mean we've had a lot of stuff going on in our family um recently uh my dad had a really serious heart attack a few days ago it's just been it's just been a really it's been a really crazy time and a very eye-opening time, but um, and for my family as well. But my family actually stopped by to drop off Christmas presents. As crazy as that sounds, being January tenth, uh, we're recording this. Um, I haven't talked to my family actually. You know, had a conversation with them in a while, and my sister's just been building up a lot of this stuff and hasn't really felt like she's you know been able to talk to anyone about it. We just kind of broke it down and had a conversation about it. And you could just see how much that meant to her, just to be able to talk to someone and say, hey, we felt this way too. Sometimes it's those small acts that can go a long way. So, so be the hero in someone's life. No, no one's asking you to storm the you know, Congress. No one's asking you to you know, solve the pandemic. But, but do what you can uh, on a local level. There's something Rose Tico said um, that uh, I think it was in The Rise of Skywalker. I want to say it was. Maybe it wasn't. Um, it was something along the lines of they, they want us to believe that all that, that there is, that there, all hope is lost, that, that there is, there is no one else that we're alone. No, it wasn't Rose Tico. It was, uh, Zori bliss. I thought it was a profound moment in the rise of Skywalker. Don't forget. Oh, 
they want us to think that there's no one else out there, that we are alone, that we're smaller than they are. And, and you just can't, you can't think like that. Um, you got to know that there's others out there that are going to need your help and you need to answer that call. Um, and <laughs> that's what the Skywalker saga was at the end. People answering the call um, in, in the face of, of a very dark time, which was epic. So I, I could literally, I know that's kind of jumbled around. I, I could go on all night about it, but you know, don't just find yourself being lost in Star Wars as an escape. I, I understand that, but there's a message there. There's 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 some reflection that needs to take place. That it is, you know, it is it is a children's story, um, but there's a good message there, um, and it all revolves around hope. And I hope you know, in times like this, our our kids are paying attention to that message because um, I think a lot of times we get lost on in Star Wars uh, how epic lightsaber battles were. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> But that doesn't drive a story. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't captivate an audience. It doesn't define a generation. Good storytelling does, and and encouraging our youth to follow a good message does. Not lightsabers. It's awesome. It's cool. But those battles aren't going to define that generation. Holly. I feel like something else that's really important that we see a lot in Star Wars that I feel like right now is especially important is that feeling of togetherness and having a good group of people that you can really fall back on and they can fall back on you. I know like Michael had said, his sister came over and we were all talking and then she texted us this morning and was like, thank you for sharing everything Mm -hmm. that you've been going through because it felt really comforting to know that I'm not the only one who feels this way. And I feel like it's so important. I've had a lot of conversations with my friends and Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, like we just don't really want to like reach out to people and tell them all the things that we're feeling because we don't want to be a burden. It's like that's like if you have a good support system, you have good friends and family, that's kind of what they're there for. You know, Yeah. you can lean on them and they can lean on you. And that's, you know, in Star Wars, we see these really cohesive groups of friends that like, yeah, they go through things that normal friendships or family relationships go through where you argue, you disagree, you get in fights, but then you come back together and you know that you can always depend on them. Yeah. And I feel like that is so important right now because we would not be able to get through what we're going through if we didn't have each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you have to have hope in people. You really do. You, you need to, you need to turn to others. You can't, you can't bear that burden alone. Uh, as cool as it is to idolize, you know, superheroes. Um, even I love Superman <laughs> doing a Smallville rewatch right now. Even, even Superman needs someone. Even Superman needs a Jonathan Kent to provide him guidance, to be a good storyteller, to lead him down a path. All the strength in the world ain't going to get you anywhere. Most of the time, it's going to lead you to the dark side. Clark Kent's been there. Anakin Skywalker's been there. It's just, it's just relatable. So you can, you, can, you can accumulate power. You can accumulate you know, wealth. You can do whatever, but it's, it's, the, it's the belief in people. Um, and that's, that's why, uh, you know, that's why I love superheroes. It, it's fantastic. There's no one that can fly. There's no one that can fly so fast around the world to go back in time. I mean, maybe in the future we'll see, but right now, you know, that it's, it's impossible. We, we, we got to depend on each other and look to these stories to really, to, to guide us, to be that beacon. So we're going to see in the, in the high, in the high Republic. I can't wait. Started reading the comics, just a beacon of hope out there for the galaxy. Just guiding people through through a chaos, so to speak. Luke, the dark side, the dark and the light, and it it reminds me of. Uh, I think Jory brought this up in council or our book club. 
Um, there, there's a part in, in Master and Apprentice, Claude Boy's novel, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan, and uh, there's a there's a, a, a passage where, where Qui-Gon is talking about the light side versus the dark, and he says that he turns to the light because it's there. Mm. And it reminds me, if I can mix two loves here for a minute. Let's go. Of uh, an Avid Brothers song. Come on. But if you want to uh, pause the podcast or listen to it afterwards, it's um, Back Into the Light off their latest album. And just a little bit of the chorus is, sometimes I don't see love in anything. And just when I surrender to my shadow, I snap out of it and step into the light. I step back into the light. Uh, so I think... Uh, Qui-Gon and, and yeah. Avid words to live by. <laughs> they are. And let me tell you, if we could get the Avid Brothers to sponsor this podcast yeah. or endorse it, we are the Avid Brothers Star Wars, you know, connection in this world. I'd be down. I do feel like that's such a valid thing to point out because I feel like we talk a lot about black and white, light and dark, good and evil. But I kind of feel like if you were on a unicycle and you were like oh. riding that fine line between both of those things. I kind of feel like everyone's touching their feet down on both sides. Yeah. And I just think that, I don't know. I just think that that's true for all of us, which is why these things are so relatable. Yeah. You can't, you just can't turn to hate. It is exactly what Star Wars says. You can't turn to the dark. You can't turn to hate because it'll consume you. You, 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 that's, that's all you'll ever know. And we need to remember that when we're engaging with other people that you can't let hatred consume you because it, it will, it will consume you every aspect of your life. You will see the, you know, no good in others. You won't, you'll be able to have a conversation with anyone. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a crazy world guys. And we, we need each other. We need discussions like this. We need, we need friends to, to uplift us. Um, especially in times like this. And, and we need people to be confident to talk about these things because it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to feel shitty right now. It really is. Um, it's not okay to, to let that build up because it's going to, it's going to have an effect on you. You gotta, you gotta talk to someone about it, whoever that be. Um, but also being a, a, a willing listener and an active listener, um, because there's also not enough listening going on right now. Um, and if those, those Jedi maybe had listened a little more, uh, to those that were kind of, you know, causing, you know, raising an alarm, maybe, maybe things Anakin. would be a little different. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, so while we need to, you know, lift each other up, we also need to listen to each other. Um, it's the only way we're going to get through. Um, wow. That felt really heavy. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll break the heaviness. Okay. I saw on Twitter, which I try to stay off of, especially with everything that's going on right yeah. now. People are not very nice on Twitter. Yeah. I saw this girl on Twitter. She's the geeky waffle. Okay. And she posted a question and I'll ask you guys the same question. She said, are your comfort characters in star Wars the same as your favorite characters in star Wars? You can think about it because I've thought about it a lot. I thought that was such a fantastic question because I feel like when I think of my comfort characters in star wars mm -hmm. they're all the characters from rebels yeah. i just feel like everybody in rebels is like my little comfort family yeah and just something about them just make me feel 
better. Yeah. Like I can watch Rebels all the time. I just talked to Michael about like maybe I need to do another Rebels rewatch because yeah. it just – I've realized, especially after having this conversation with you guys right now, I think that Rebels is like my comfort show. Yeah. Other than like outside of Star Wars, I have other shows that I'll put on if I'm like mm-hmm. – I need something to feel like it can take my mind off of everything going on. Yeah. But if I'm talking about Star Wars – all the characters in Rebels. Now, I, don't, I wouldn't put Zeb on my list of favorite Star Wars characters, but for some reason, he's absolutely on my list of comfort yeah. characters. Although Ezra is on my favorite characters in Sabine. But even the droids. The droids aren't necessarily my favorite Star Wars characters, but they're definitely a comfort to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just wasn't sure that's putting you guys on the spot, but I thought that was such a great question. No, it is. I I couldn't tell you really. I, I think I think my favorite character is the one that comes. I think I think Luke Skywalker comforts me because because I've seen him at epic and I've seen him fail and I've seen him go through that process of you know reflecting on the things that he's done and knowing what he's done is wrong and consciously making a decision to be better and to do better and to realize that like his job as a master wasn't to be the all becoming Jedi that will, you know, that'll be the best that's ever to live. It's to pass on what you've learned because we're not all going to be around here forever. And no matter once again, how powerful you are, how much you've accumulated in your life. If you're not passing on a good message to those after you, what, 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 what are we going to carry on as a, as a human race or as a country? What, what are we, what are we going to have? You have nothing. And that's what Luke Skywalker ended up with there on Octu and nothing. He thought it was better to isolate himself and it'll all go away. I play no part in this. It'll be all no pass on what you've learned. Even if it's really terrible things that you've done, you need to be honest about it. You need to grow from that because if you're this legend that everyone looks up to and they see what you've become, what, what are they to aspire to? Nothing. (laughs) So if we cower in the face of hatred, if we cower in the face of failure, we're no better than Palpatine. We're no better than Vader at his, his worst. We're no better than Snoke. We're no better than all of those that just wish to bring people down for some self-worth, for some selfish reason. You know, it, it's <laughs> I was talking to Holly about uh, just the clones, like it was just just like these 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 well, they were supposed to be just like kind of thoughtless creatures that took you know whatever order was given and that you know look what happened to the republic um obviously it's more complicated than that but just we we need people that can have conviction and and, and think for themselves and, and take time to reflect on things and and be a good example for others I didn't expect to be an inspirational speaker on this podcast. Yeah. You got a lot deeper with that than I did. I was like, yeah. in my mind. No, I, I got to bring it back down to the to the ground. No, I thought that was a fantastic. I love that answer. In my mind, I was like, well, I guess the lists aren't mutually exclusive because Darth Maul is one of my favorite characters, but I absolutely would not say that he comforts me. But even Darth Maul, as messed up and twisted as you know his desires were, I think there in the end, there was some conviction. What have I done? <laughs> this man has taken everything from me, and I'm not the only one. He's done it to other people. Will this, will this chosen one, will he avenge us? Is there hope? Is, tell me there's hope. Even Darth Maul 
needed someone at the end to show him that there was hope, which is crazy because he's a twisted guy hellbent on getting power and and dominating the galaxy and and seeking vengeance for the one that took all of it from him. Even he, in the end, needed affirmation that there was a hope for the future. He will avenge us. Listen, (laughs) I just feel sadness for him. But But there's something that and that's what I think it was just boy, that that little part there and rebels, it was just it, it just it. Never in a million years, even if you brought Maul back and you're like, yeah, he's giving this gang leader. Never in a million years would I be like, was was he asking if Luke Skywalker could be the one that could save us all? What? It's such it's. But even even the darkest people in this world, they're going to need that. Yeah, they're going to revert back. And hopefully, I mean, there are some people that have no conviction. That's unfortunate. Ted Bundy looking at you. But but, you know, I, I like to think that I have hope in people. It's exactly what Clark Kent said, Holly, in our in the latest issue of Smallville. I tend to just, you know, put my hope in people. In that they're go- I know. You, you hate that I bring up Smallville, but that's okay. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. But uh, Luke, who, who is your character that comforts you or that, you know, is it your favorite character? I never really thought of this, this comfort character concept, so this is fresh for me. But my initial reaction to that, question is Yoda um, yeah. because he brings me so much joy in his in the way that he takes joy in simple things yeah. his humor and then at the same time he has uh, profound wisdom to share not just to share like he's a, a fountain of it but to work through it with you like, he doesn't have all the answers but he is someone who can parse things out with you and go on that that journey with you yeah so i, I think he, he's comforting because he's he has substance but at the same time he has joyful lightheartedness that makes me happy yeah <laughs> in addition to the the serious i don't know if we i hope we didn't lose luke's audio luke can i get another test out of you i'm still here he's you still me? here okay cool. he's I just, I was finishing up a thought <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I was just making sure. Silence. No, I. Hey, sometimes we need that. <laughs> sometimes we need a little moment to take it in. Um, Phrasing. Yeah, seriously. Sometimes it takes more than a moment. Yep. Um, but guys, speaking of conviction and finding oneself and one's one's purpose, we picked up issue number eight of the 2020. Darth Vader comic book line. And I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode. I had to sit with this one for a bit. Because the first time I read it, I was just like, okay. And? And then Holly and I started talking about it. So if you recall, we're on Mustafar. Vader just was punished by his, his master, Darth Sidious. Left for dead. And the same, the same, uh, the same little, you know, lava bank that Obi Wan left it on, left him for dead, and then is hunted by a Sith assassin, Ochi, from the Rise of Skywalker. When we leave them, Vader senses something, senses someone, something, 
and finds himself <laughs> stuck in a cave, like a collapsed cave, after a, after a little entanglement with Ochi. Finds himself in a cave. And we find that this creature that has been communicating with him in some manner is none other than the Eye of Webbish Bog. Did I get it right, Holly? You got it right. I nailed it. That Correct. Time. Okay. Uh, nailed it. Which, if you guys remember, uh, is the creepy spider guy who sits on top of this giant baby doll head that has elf ears. I think that is probably the best description that I can give to this creature. Look it up. Um, and we talked about it in past episodes, obviously, with this comic book. We've also talked about it um, with regards to the Rise of Skywalker novel. There's a really great moment I'm sure that Holly's going to allude to uh, when we talk about this. But we know that Vader is seeking answers, answers to what you may ask. Well, Ochi and his little entanglement with Vader lets it slip that Palpatine's got something going on. He's working on a project elsewhere. Vader's like, I'm not aware of this. And now he's wondering, what, what's, what's Palpatine doing? What, what, why don't I know about this? He's a man who needs answers. He needs answers. And so this, this Eye of Webbish Bog is talking to him and entice almost i don't know if he's challenge he's kind of enticing him to he's probing him a little bit um but vader thinks that this creature can provide answers they have this connection obviously it's sensitive to the force it seems powerful this thing has the answers that i need this creature who has apparently been living in this cave this entire time who knows how long uh, who knows how long on mustafar he's gonna give me answers he seems wise with all of his legs and his baby brain throne. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's call it a throne. Like, that baby his, doll heads a throne. I yeah. like that. Well, we realize we know now that the actual the creature is the baby head, but the, the, the thing that's attached to it is they live in like, like it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. They like, they feed off of each other, Gross. Uh, which is yeah, pretty disgusting. Yeah. But, uh, and so that last episode, that last issue ended, and I'm thinking, okay, we're getting some answers. This creature is in the Rise of Skywalker novelization. Vader's here now. Like, how are we going to connect this with the Rise of Skywalker? And so, guys, I kid you not, this, is, this entire issue, essentially, Vader's telling him, tell me what I need to know, this creature. And the Eye of Webbish Bog only responds to Vader in questions, essentially. Everything he responds to is pretty much a question, almost a riddle, I would think, Holly, right? Yep. And what, what, so, Holly, when they, when they confront each other, uh, Vader says, tell me what I need to know. How does the Eye of Webbish Bog respond to him? I, I can't quite remember, but it's pretty much saying, or he says, you called out to me. You have the answers that I need, right? Well... Can we? We can go back. Yeah, because I'm not great at summarizing these. Let's things. go back first okay, because um, something that starts right off the bat is yeah. that I think Luke, you can correct me okay. if I'm wrong, but I think there's a lady who comes oh, and God, yeah. has a conversation with Ochi about Absolutely. pretty much like, "Where's Vader? What have you done?" Yeah, and I think that. Um, that's Sly Moore, right? It looks Sly Moore-ish. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not certain it's her. I can't even tell if the, the character is supposed to be male or female. But yeah, it's 
it probably is her because it, it's an Umbaran, which Slymore is. Um, like I said, you can't. The, the character looks really androgynous. I, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a male or female, but if it's a female, it really seems that it yeah it should be Slymore from uh, who we see in uh, Revenge of the Sith, most famously I think um, in, in the opera yeah. box. She's one of the ones who gets. Kicked out so Anakin and, and Falcon can have their hearts to heart. <laughs> Leave us. So she seems to be on the end. If that yeah. if that is in fact her, which I kind of thought it was, but yeah, Luke's right. I mean, she is a little bit androgynous. So who actually knows? Yeah. But um, and pretty much this being is telling Ochi like, <laughs> you're pretty much done. Like you didn't kill him. Yeah. And Ochi's like. Oh, she's like, well, he's kind of trapped in this room with this in this cave with this creature now. Like, what? I don't know what else. Like, you need me to do about it. Like, he's done for. And she's like, well, if you want to go ahead and tell the emperor that, then yeah. you're going to be done for. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty great because Ochi hasn't really. I don't know. I feel like you have this idea of Ochi from the Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. where he's like. Some like kick-ass villain, Sith assassin. Yeah. Like that sounds pretty badass. But I yeah. think what we've seen of him has been not super great. He doesn't yeah. seem to be very successful and he doesn't really seem to be good at what he does. Well, he seems to disrespect Vader a whole lot. Well, that's true. And that's what she's pretty much telling him is like, not so fast. That's Vader in there. So, yeah, maybe everyone else who has come across this thing has been killed. Uh, but don't, you know, not so fast. Your, your job isn't done here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. There, there's that encounter there. Mm-hmm. And Ochi's just hell bent on killing him, right? I'm going to kill this Dark Lord of the Sith and that's it. And I think something very important that happens in that confrontation in the beginning of the comic is Ochi says, no one has ever returned yeah. from the eye of Webbish Bog. Yep. So he is convinced that he's done it. He's killed yeah. Vader. There's nothing else that he needs to do. Yeah. But we know, we already know going into this comic, that's not true. Exactly. We know Vader doesn't die. We know he comes out of this. We just don't know how it happens. We don't know what happens. So we're filling yeah. in, the, in the gaps there. But I found it interesting that now we've seen two characters mm-hmm. be confronted by the Eye of Webbish Bog and come out of it alive with what they went to him for. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was really important for this, that he's telling us, like, no one has ever done this before. And now we know of two beings who have Vader and Kylo Ren. Yeah. And I mean, kind of seeking the same thing, it seems, yeah. from what we know about the Rise of Skywalker novelization and ultimately what, you know, Ben Solo wanted to do to destroy Palpatine coming back. It seems like, you know, Vader's onto that as well. Something going on out there. And I need to I need to understand what it is. Um so yeah, it's fascinating that uh, that these Skywalkers uh, mm-hmm. seem to be. I'd love to know who else has confronted him and and what was it that they were seeking and why? Um, they, like, what did he do to make them not make it? Because yeah. so this is another parallel that we get with this comic and the Rise of Skywalker novelization is that we see these characters go through some trials just to you know have an audience with the Eye of Webbish Bog. So we see in this comic vader has a couple run-ins with some really creepy like mustafarian monsters yeah i guess there's like those sand fleas i don't know what they're called and then there's some like creepy demon dude well he looked like the bell rock 
Can we be honest? Yeah. Am I wrong? Look like the Bell Rock making an appearance in Star Wars. Um, but that's kind of what he looked like in that in that in that cave. Yeah. And before that, we see him have a run in with what looks like Obi Wan. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell. You know that these are visions that mm-hmm. the Iowa Bishbog is kind of putting out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if these are actual, like, if there's, like, a physical confrontation. It's hard to tell because in the prior comics, something that we talked about a lot was having these flashbacks. So yeah. Vader has these panels that are all in red that have flashbacks. Well, now those panels are currently happening, and they're kind of – are. Reality is a little bit distorted. So it's what Vader's seeing and it's stuff that's happened in people from his past. Mm-hmm. But they're also in the now and he is confronting them. And I don't know if it's him seeing them or if it's the eye of Webbish Bog kind of putting those visions yeah. out there. I don't know. In these in these frames, he is like clashing lightsabers with Obi-Wan. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that actually was happening there or not. Yeah, I don't know. It, it to me there were a lot of flashbacks and and the whole the whole point of him going here is he wants answers about about uh, about Palpatine and what he's up to right and the Iwebish Bog isn't just going to give him answers he, he there's he's challenging him here and, and Vader is frustrated with this because Vader keeps saying you called out to me you have the answers that I need and the Iwebish Bog repeats throughout this entire issue guys saying. I didn't call you out. You sought me out. What is what is it that you seek? Yeah, so as he's fighting these monsters, as he's trying to get closer to the Eye of Wubbish Bog, you have Vader asking him, you, why have you called me? Yeah. And the Eye of Wubbish Bog responds and says, after all your screaming, I called you. Yeah. And Vader's like, do not lie to me. I feel your pull. And the Eye of Wubbish Bog says, you think that's how it works, that I chose you? picked you out from all others for a special destiny. It's kind of like a slap in the face to Vader. It is. And so the whole point, at least to, to me, and Holly and I kind of talked through it, so I'm interested to see what, what Luke um, kind of thinks. It's really hard to kind of summarize this comic for folks. You really just have to read it. But the whole point here seems to be that the eye of Webbish Bog is challenging Vader and, and what he's become and who he who he sees himself as. Are you are you the chosen? Did I choose you to come here, or did you choose to be here in this moment? Or are you are you chosen, or did you choose like exactly. just in general? And that that uh, we we know Vader is a pawn of Palpatine, right? And so to me. This seems like this is a very defining moment for Vader to where he's maybe realizing that that's what's been going on this entire time. That as the chosen one, actually, it was someone who chose him to be used as a tool. That it actually wasn't him who chose to do these. That, 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 that Anakin is long gone. You are now being led down this path and you have no choice in it. What exactly are you choosing to do? Because you're sitting here. I didn't seek you out. You came to my lair. I'm throwing these demons at you, and you're fighting through them trying to get answers. I didn't summon you here. You came to me. So, like, are, are you, like why, why are you just thinking that everyone's choosing your path for you? That there's some, like, predetermined destiny here? Luke, I, I, how, how did you take this? I had to sit with it for a little bit. I had to talk to Holly about it. 
But this one just dug a little deeper here. We It seems like we're maybe, we talked about conviction here in the beginning of the podcast. We were wondering when Vader, when it felt like Vader maybe was going to make a turn and it could be this moment that defines the Vader that we see in episode six. Yeah, this, this whole line continues to be this meditation, contemplation about how does Vader get to the point in Return of the Jedi where he makes the decision that he does is what like the big arc of this line for me, even yeah. though um, – we're, we're out of the initial arc when it was the chase for what happened to Padme. Yeah. That that is the through line to me that I think will will stay through the entire line, even as some of the the mini arcs change throughout it. And, and yeah, this was interesting. That the whole time he, he's having this this game of riddles yeah. <laughs> with Eye of Webbish Bog. To me, it, it, it struck me as just a constant, uh, just like berating, ridiculing him for being the chosen one and whether or not that means that he is a slave to destiny or he actually has some say, some choice in the matter. And and the uh, the red pain flashbacks for me in this issue are, are Vader trying to, to, to bring up examples where he's choosing, yeah. that he has, uh, you know, he has autonomy. And, you know, you see him kill Obi-Wan on the Death Star and a New Hope. You see him rather than, uh, you know, try to turn Luke for the good of the Emperor as Palpatine wants him to offer, you know, to rule the galaxy with Luke and take the Emperor down. And, uh, you know, the they say the dark side is is easier and quicker. And I think it's probably because you kind of surrender yourself to it. And so maybe you have less of your own choosing to do because you've just surrendered yourself to the darkness and it kind of takes over. Whereas in the light, you still have, you know, to determine your own destiny. Uh, So that's why I think he's mocking him about whether or not he really uh, has choice or if everything is just happening to him. Uh, So yeah, it it is a bit trippy though uh, throughout your turn. It took, I've probably read it, I don't know, three or four times now. And, and I think you, you might, might see different things in it every time you, you read through it. That's so, yeah. sorry. That's great that Luke said that about Luke, how you were seeing those red pain flashbacks mm-hmm. because I interpreted those completely differently mm-hmm. to me when I was reading this comic, I only read it once. Um, I was seeing him as, reliving those moments in his mind and questioning whether he was making those decisions himself or whether those choices were also driven by Palpatine and he wasn't the one who was actually making them. Mm -hmm. And throughout all those moments that Luke was just describing, you hear the eye of Webbish Bog. So he's saying in the background, you know, who are you? Do you know? Have you decided? And then he says, or has your choice been chosen for you? Or have you been chosen? And then it has like Palpatine laughing in the background, which I mean, that's pretty ominous. And then he says, if you could choose, would you be chosen? Or would you choose to make your own choice? And there's, here's what I love that you guys are saying, because I want to take both of them and blend them together. I can totally see what Luke's saying about these 
you know, these flashbacks of Vader saying, you know what, I, I did choose. I rejected the Emperor in that moment when I asked my son, rather than destroy him, to join me and we can destroy the Emperor as father and son. That's defying maybe this, this, this slave that I've become. Um, or, you know, destroying Obi-Wan, his former master, you know, when, you know, he could have just as very easily done something else. But then there's panels like you were talking about, Holly. I, can you pull those up to where it shows Luke's head or when he's, yeah, when he's fighting or no, maybe it's Luke's head. It's when he's seeing the eye of Wabish Bog. Yes. So uh. there's, there's three separate panels and it's very important what the Wabish Bog says. Let me see. Can you show me that one really fast? Yes, that. Can you read those to me? So we have, if you remember in your mind, the picture of Eye of, Eye of Webbish Bog. He's the spider creature. And then there's this like, this this looks like a toy baby head with elf ears. Well, in this, in these panels, the, the toy baby head, uh, the baby doll face changes. And, and the first one is Anakin Skywalker, right? Yeah. So the so when he comes up to the Eye of Webbish Bog, it's not facing him. Yeah. It's looking the other direction. And the baby head, yes. I don't know what you want to call it, the creepy thrown yeah. head, is in the lava and you can't see it. Yeah. And then it turns and it faces Vader and it comes up out of the lava and it reveals himself. It does. And at first, we see the face as Anakin. And what does he say in that panel? What do you want? What do you want? To me... It was almost Vader even seeing this and just being like that independence, that decision maker, that strong minded, you know, independent guy that sometimes, yeah, defied his orders, but ended up doing, you know, what was necessary. And, you know, he defied orders sometimes doing that. What was the next one? And then after that, we see it change from Anakin's face to Luke's face. And it says, what do you need? What do you need? Do I, I I need, I need someone to share my experiences with. I need someone to follow. I need family. I need, I don't know. I was taking it as he needs his son. He needs someone. He has nobody. And what's the last one? Or does it even matter? And it's Palpatine laughing at him. Does it even matter? Are you just the pawn? All these things that you may think are, is, does it even matter? You're, you are the chosen one. This Palpatine chose you and that darkness and that master of yours will define the rest of your days. And to me, the one line that stands out the most yeah. to me reading this is he says, why does it matter what you choose when you are chosen? Yeah. And I feel like he's challenging Vader to kind of ask, like, why have you been making these choices? What mm-hmm. is like what is causing you to like make these actions? And yeah. I I feel like Vader's just really realizing how little agency he has over himself and how yeah. Palpatine's taken that away from him so much because Michael, you brought up a great point when we were talking I, about thank this. You. Thank you, Holly. I'm trying to be humble about it, but you're right. It was a great point. You're right. You're welcome. Um because we were talking about and Luke mentioned this too, Vader's still a slave he's just a slave or anakin vader there's that whole discussion who's who he's still a slave he's slave to palpatine the emperor and he does his bidding and michael what did you say about baby annie's interaction with padme back on tatooine well and that's that's exactly it it's anakin or vader has been a slave 
majority of his life. But even on Tatooine, this little kid who had nothing but his mother, he was a slave to someone else. He had no no way of going off the planet. He, he, he could do what he did. But in the moment when someone by the name of Padme says, are you a slave? And he says, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. That was conviction. That was, I'm not letting this define me. Just wait and see. I'll be a Jedi. I'll, I'll be, I'll visit every single galaxy out there. I want to visit them all. I'm not letting this get me down. He's been a slave so long in his life, but even then, that young boy, there was hope. <laughs> there was conviction. Not even being a literal slave was going to keep him bound to this life. And that's, it's just, it's so sad because he's having a realization now that even then, as a kid, as a young Anakin, as a gunslinger at times, he had more conviction than he does now. He has he has more agent. I love that you like just kind of agency. Like he has like he's just been doing someone else's bidding. And I in the beginning of the comic, Kali, can you go to the beginning of the comic? Because they always do these summaries in the beginning. They do a, a crawl, just like the movies. And in the beginning says pretty much it explains why he's so angry. It explains why he's helping on looking for those that made Luke weak. What, what does this say? Luke Skywalker refused Darth Vader's call to the dark side of the Force. And what, what else does it say? Enraged, Vader tore through the galaxy on a quest for revenge against everyone who hid Luke from him. That Luke Skywalker there on the Death Star was given a choice. Join me. I'm the father you thought you'd lost. We could rule the galaxy. This little farm kid who was a slave to Tatooine couldn't get off that planet until an old Jedi found him. Couldn't get off that planet. Had no hope. Even he rejected hatred. Even he rejected his father in a defining moment in his life. And that pissed Vader off. He himself wasn't strong enough to do that when the time came. That's where the it's not about Luke being weak. It's actually that Luke has grown on beyond him. That he may not have the lightsaber skills that Anakin had, but he has conviction. And he's grounded. And he understands that you have to have hope and you have to have hope in others. And that the galaxy is much bigger than just this one person or this one choice. But he has conviction and that is what angers him. It's not that Luke is, is some baby that he can't with a lightsaber. It's that he made a choice that Anakin couldn't. When, 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 when the time mattered, that he had lost that a long time ago, that he let someone else define his future. It's sad as shit. And I love it. And it makes this, it makes this so much more epic. I went from hardly understanding this issue to it being one of my favorite because it challenged us to have these conversations. And that's what I love about the eye of, of, of Webbish Bog. He literally tells him at the end, he's like, I didn't answer any of your questions. I just, or I, I just responded with questions in turn. And it's taking Vader to kind of have this self-realization that like, yeah, I, I, I'm not that person anymore, but I need to be. And will we see him step up to the plate? We know he does eventually, but seeing this, this kind of process take place is just, it's awesome. And then like Luke said, it's a little trippy. You have to read it a couple times to really understand what's going on. Guys, here's 
Here's that last part Michael was talking about. First of all, this thing first exposes its creepy faces to Darth Vader. Yeah. But then this creature like hulks out and like comes out of this lava pit. Yeah. I mean, this thing is jacked. It's terrifying. Yeah. Then he says, you came to me for answers. I gave you only questions. I leave you with one more. As he's handing Darth Vader the Wayfinder. Do you think you passed this test Mm. or failed it? So Vader has a Wayfinder. Did he pass the test? What did he show the Eye of Webbish Bog there about who he is that, that, that the eye, he just handed it over? Apparently, just like Kylo Ren did. Answered the riddles. Solved it. I, I don't know. I was a little surprised he got the Wayfinder there. Um, but that's how, that's how the issue ends. He's got the Wayfinder, and Ochi's flying over him. He comes out of the, the cave, and it uh, looks like there's going to be another fight that ensues. But Luke, are you... I'm kind of shocked that he has this wayfinder. I'm assuming it may, maybe it's the same wayfinder that 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 Kylo gets. I I don't know. But what did you, what did you think of that moment? What's what's next? I I I can't even imagine where we're going now. Yeah, I definitely. I think it's the same wayfinder that that Kylo has in Rise of Skywalker. I think they say there's only two. That's and plus, right. I think I think in the novelization, it's more clear that it is Vader's old wayfinder that he obtains. Yep. Uh, whereas in the movie, that's all glossed over. I mean, it kind of ticked me off that they didn't make it clear that that opening scene in the movie yeah. takes place on Mustafar. Because yep. I think that would be powerful in the moment, but it just it goes by so quickly and you don't even know yeah. uh, until you, you might find that out later. But I think you know it begs the question about where where this is going next. You know, does the Wayfinder? Does it only go to Exegol or can you – does it go to other places? Does yeah. it show you the path to other places? I mean the, the, the good money would be on him ending up on Exegol in this line at some point yeah. and checking something out there uh, is what I'm anticipating. But I don't know. Maybe there will be a curveball and the, the, the Wayfinder points him somewhere else that we haven't seen before. Uh, but it was interesting that – after being so sort of con- confrontational and antagonistic with him, he just hands it over. But I guess the Eye of Wibbish Bog's not really uh, about uh, action. It's more of a you know mental yeah. torture. Uh, he wants to ridicule you and, and just put you down. And, and he's not into like actually fighting you. So by the time Vader makes it to him and makes it past you know, some of the various obstacles and, and beasts that he's like, okay, and I just hand the wayfinder over to you after just making fun of you for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a question throughout is how much the, the eye of Webbish bog is sort of under Palpatine's control. And in, yep. if what he's doing is at Palpatine's bidding or, or not. And yeah. I don't think it was, it was made very clear. So I think you're left to wonder if Palpatine wants him to have the wayfinder or, for sure or not. But I think that's that's just part of the tension that's built up between him and the Emperor. Yeah, we really don't we don't know who he answered does he answer to anyone? And then there is that moment. That's why I asked Holly when the when Palpatine has his eyes closed, there's no red hue to it. It looks like it's just him sitting in his his chancellor chair just laughing. Yeah. Almost relishing in the fact that like Vader is being humiliated right now. And that he's re- maybe it's just the fact that he is realizing that he is that pawn 
you know, and, and, and Palpatine's just relishing in it that, yeah, you realize it, but like, what are you going to do about it? it You're re- mine. That, that frame from this comic of Palpatine sitting in his chair laughing and then you see the little bubbles. They're kind of a little transparent, the yeah. little thought bubbles behind him. And you notice the eye of Webbish Bog saying, has your choice been chosen for you or have you been chosen? And Palpatine's like laughing to himself as Webbish Bog is saying that. It kind of reminds me of what Palpatine would look like as he's putting all those voices in Kylo's head. Great point. And that's kind of like where my thoughts went when I saw that because I was like, I imagine that that's how Palpatine would be. I mean, obviously we know that his physical appearance is a little bit different at that time, but I just kind of feel like that's where the kind of state that he would be in laughing to himself as he puts Darth Vader's voice in Kylo's head Mm -hmm. or Snoke's voice in Kylo's head. And I just like, I don't know. That's Luke. That's like the big question that I had. I even said that to Michael earlier. I was like, I don't know if Palpatine wanted this to play out exactly how it is and he's just challenging Vader and either it's suddenly backfiring on Palpatine and he just like hasn't caught up to that yet or this is going exactly as he planned. I I, th- I, th- I think that is the cockiness of Palpatine. I think that even if, you know, Vader has figured this out, it doesn't matter because he is my puppet I have broken him time and time again, and he continues and continues and continues to fail in Palpatine's eyes, you know, like, like, you know, whatever it be that he, he's not pleased with. He just doesn't think that it's possible. Palpatine, especially when I read, and I know it's not canon, but when I read, um, oh, why do I always forget his, the author who did uh, Darth Plagueis? I always forget that author. Um, Is that Lucino? Yeah, James Lucino. I always forget him. When I read Palpatine just, you know, spoiler alert, brutally killing Plagueis, he thinks that he is the ultimate power in the galaxy, that there will be none other like him. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here is that he's laughing at the fact that Vader is realizing this little too late. You know, maybe in episode three, if he would have handled things a little differently, it could have been, it could have been different. But uh, I, I think he just thinks he's broken. Whether you know Vader has realized it or not, he, he I, I just, I don't think it matters. I have a question. Yeah. Do we know at this point that Palpatine is already building an army on Exegol? Seems like it. So we think he's already there. I feel like Ochi slipped. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember because I feel like we had talked about that because for a second I was like, well, maybe Palpatine just needs Vader to get the Wayfinder and take it to him so he can use it to get to Exegol. But if we're already there, I guess that doesn't really check out. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think it takes a long time to build what they build out there. Um, And it doesn't seem like that because I don't know the whole way it was explained and all these destroyers coming out of the ground. It's just like, oh, wow, that happened fast. But it really seems like it took decades. So I think I think. It's all part of the contingency plan. Yeah. And maybe this maybe this kind of contributed to that. Oh, crap. Maybe there was a moment of saying, oh, Vader's kind of, maybe this isn't going to work out like I planned. Time for some other options. I would also love to know how the Eye of Wabish Bog gets the Wayfinder back. Yeah. Vader, exactly. I think it sounds like in the, in the Rise of Skywalker novelization, Vader brought it back to him mm. for safekeeping. But maybe he comes, maybe he comes for more answers. 
and returns it to him. Um, or when he comes back, maybe, let's say he goes to X school. He's like, uh, this is what's happening. I will not allow this. You know, what, whatever the intentions were, yeah. I don't know. I will come back and I will destroy this. Um, but I don't know. Does that take away from, from episode six then in the moment that he has? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, I don't know. It's, it's all kind of crazy because I feel like it's just a lot of information that feels new. Mm-hmm but maybe isn't new and it all starts to add up. And it's just like Delray teased to us. They're like, everything Mm -hmm. comes together. And I like, I like that they're doing it like this to where we're, you know, the three of us didn't necessarily see everything the same in in this one issue, but it's all part of that process of how Vader gets to the point of rejecting the emperor and realizing that he's given up um, on, on who he was. And, and in this last act, I can maybe, you know, hold on to something there and know that I'm passing on what I've learned to my son now. Tell your sister you were right, you know. Um, you just have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Vader? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think I, I think that was one moment that he was he was really trying to say, like, don't lose that. And Luke did at one point. And Ray tried to remind him of that. And he needed to be reminded of it. And then he had to remind Ray. Exactly. Well, you'll see. It's it's I mean it's a cycle. It's just I don't know. I, I freaking love this issue. At first, I didn't, and then we talked about it. I'm like, yeah, this is, makes a lot of sense, and I and I love that it's not so clear, and that you have to talk about it a little bit to understand it. Um, I also have a very dense brain, so <laughs> sometimes you really have to drive things home for me to really understand them, or I have to read them a few times. But I, I really enjoyed it, and I told you guys like we we're going to be talking some conviction. And, you know, just don't don't blind blindly follow others, you know, have some agency in your life um, and, and, and learn, you know, from what you've experienced and share that experience with others. We told you it was going to make sense. I hope that it did. I was so shocked that we were having this conversation and this issue, you know, came to light um, here recently. And it just it fits. Right. Am, am I mistaken? Holly? that it seems to fit. No, it definitely fits everything is um very topical that's the force okay it penetrates us it binds us but it brings you know life to all living things <laughs> relevancy i don't know i don't know but I, I think i think this 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 line is definitely worth checking out I, and, and i think we spend so much time on the comic books and, I, and i've heard you know feedback from you guys that you appreciate that we talk about them because not a lot of people pick them up it's not really their thing but there's really great stories there um, and they can pack a lot into, you know, little issues because some of it is a little more open-ended. Um, but it's it's sometimes a little even more fun to have conversations about these than it is a novel um, because you can flesh things out a little more. But- and I think that this comic line, especially if you have a lot of questions and concerns about yeah. the sequel trilogy, yeah. I think that this comic line, at least from what I've seen so far, does a good job of starting to tie the sequel trilogy to the original trilogy. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I've appreciated about this. It started out a little iffy for me and I wasn't really sure where it was going and I still don't know where it's going, yeah. but I could appreciate what it's doing. And I like the story. And like Luke said, I like the arcs that it's yeah. giving us. Yeah. Into the fire. That's what we're doing right now. And then this Vader line part three into the fire. Um, sometimes, sometimes you got to put your feet in the fire. I guess sometimes you got to have your limbs burned off. I don't know, Holly. Sometimes it takes yeah. it takes that to 
you got to be at your darkest point sometimes and hit rock bottom to to realize, boy, some of those choices I made. Huh. Wow, even my son's rejecting me now. He's better than I am. Um, <laughs> they got some family problems. The, the Skywalkers always do. But little that, drama. Luke, do you have any parting words? I mean. Maybe a little deeper episode than we're used to. You know, a few jokes cracked here and there. But any parting words for folks out there? Um, you know, any any anything you're feeling, you know, some conviction in your life right now you need to go off your chest? <laughs> Looks like, nope. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I feel a lot of pressure to have. Uh, I think uh, a lot of my better... Uh, thoughts were were already given and i spent them early on no i've really enjoyed this conversation i hope actually the the portion was helpful um, cathartic some listening yeah it's been a good experience so yeah i think this is something we don't do enough i think in modern times but then especially in the having more quick shouting uh, social media i think we're losing luke a little bit luke you might have to really get into that mic it might not be getting oh there. sorry no, i'm it, gonna get it in there it kind of ducks out a little bit when you're farther away you might have to re- really shove that thing in there nope <laughs> Phrasing. So now it's just everyone go have a conversation like this. Call somebody up that because this is the way more understanding and better connections. Yes. What was great about what Luke just said is that it cut him off after saying this is the way, and that was it. It sounded like definitively that's he said this is the way. Like no questions. Like stone cold coming in there, putting the stunner on you. You know, and slamming like 10 beers. That, in my eyes, is what just happened, Holly. Am I, am I wrong? I mean, I can see how it felt that way, but I agree with Luke. Like, yeah. guys, after this episode, I hope that everyone's inspired to pick up the phone and call someone. Yeah. Just like, call Whether your mom. Whether it's your representative or call your, representative. your mom. It all starts at the local level. Yeah. Let me just say that it's yeah. very important. So if you're upset about anything that's been going on, I hope that you feel motivated to send an email or call your local representative yeah. or get involved with a group and take some action, even if it's just spreading the word. Yeah. I think that that is the most appropriate thing to do. Take some action. Michael's talking about convictions. Sorry. I have some. But Preach. I agree with Luke. I hope that this episode kind of inspires someone to pick up the phone and Call someone that you love and call someone that you care about and yeah. or call someone who maybe you don't understand their perspective. I think that that's also important to have mm-hmm. a conversation face-to-face instead yeah. of hiding behind a Twitter handle and just being a bully online. That's right. So. Yeah. Guys, don't, don't, let, uh, don't let darkness consume you. Like these guys said, reach out to someone. Have a conversation. Feels good. Felt good uh, to talk to my family. Feels good to talk to these guys. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's fun to talk about Star Wars, but you can see how we just, some, it's, it's relevant. It, it always is. There's, there's art behind it. There's obviously it's subjective, like we talked about, but it makes for a good conversation, whether you agree with it or not. It's nice to have discourse, um, and, and share in that shared experience and share it with others, but don't let the darkness consume. All we always have hope, hope in people, uh, hope in yourself, um, you know, but also take time to, to reflect 
um, and, and understand, you know, someone's opinion. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, I think it'll make us all better for it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, we're not you know, getting too deep and sweaty in this one, but um, it's good to just have a conversation with friends. And I hope you guys look at this podcast as just that, a conversation with friends. So um, we'll see what we have on tap next week, guys. But uh, if you like this, uh, subscribe to the channel. Um, give us a review. If you check it out on YouTube, that's awesome. If you prefer a long video format, we have that option there as well. Don't forget to like it, the video and subscribe there as well. Um, and join our community, a nice, respectful community uh, that we have in our Facebook group. Uh, Holly's always posting cool stuff on the socials, um, really funny stuff. She's, she's a very funny person, so go appreciate her humor there with a nice like, a retweet. Uh, what else do you do on social media, Holly? A like. Um, Follow. Create a thread. Create a thread. Stand somebody. Uh, these are all things that I see on social media. Michael's standing everyone. Well, not everyone. Stan well, and Darth Vader right now. Yeah, that's right. The webbish bog. That big baby. We'll see. I'm, I'm still out on the webbish <laughs> bog. I don't know if I stand him yet or not. Uh, still a little disturbed by it. Still haunts my, you know, my dreams sometimes. Yeah. And guys, remember the cardinal rule of flying casual, and that's don't be a dick. Yeah. It's a slogan that we don't like to flaunt a lot, but it really is the basis of, of all that is discussed here. So take care of yourself, guys. Take care of those around you. Um, and be kind. And don't be a dick. We'll talk to you guys soon. We love you. Uh, and uh, may the force be with you all.